Say, I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, say, I'll never be the same. Say, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give somebody close to you a high five. Never going to be the same again. Amen. We started talking last week about the church. You are the church. Look at your neighbor and say, you are the church. You know, what is the center of church? You are. Look at it. It's cool. You are right in the middle of the church. You take you out of there, all we got is... And can't do much with that. Look at your neighbor and say, don't know much about... Be careful. Okay. But you are right in the middle of the church. Jesus said, it's like Matthew 16. Go, go read the Bible. Matthew 16, you know, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell won't even be able to stand against it. Right? There's something about the church. There's two, there's two uh, you know, things that are ordained of God. Right? Marriage and church. The only two institutions ordained of God. God cares about the church. And why? Well, because he put you right in the middle of it. Right. So, uh, you know, the church is vital and Jesus is building the church and hell can't even come against it. You, you, you know, all the forces of hell that try to come against your life don't stand a chance if you remain planted in the house of God, if you're in his will. Right now, we know his will because we got it on the wall. And Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, he said, this is my will, my plan for you. Is that you would prosper, that that you wouldn't be harmed, that you'd have hope and that you'd have future. We know that the enemy, he's doing everything he can to separate us from the plan of God, from the will of God. That John 10, 10, it says the thief comes to kill, to steal and destroy. Jesus said, but I've come that you would have and enjoy life in abundance to the top till it overflows. We're talking about a crazy good life that God has for you. I mean, really, really good life that God has for each and every one of us. Look at your neighbor and tell him God's got a good plan for your life. And there's a blessing on the life that, I mean, doesn't it just make sense? I mean, we don't have to get too, you know, theological, do we? I mean, if, if you want to really dive into it, hook up with Lauren and he can, he can quote the words backwards and stuff like that. And, and it's really cool. But the thing is, is that it only makes sense that if you're in God's plan, that there's going to be a blessing on your life that wouldn't be on your life if you weren't in the middle of God's plan. Hello? There, there is some power that comes with God life. There's, there's something that separates God life, Zoe, Zoe life. That's that Greek word for life in John 10, 10, right? Zoe. There's something different about Zoe life than, than, the, than the stuff that's resting on Yoe life, right? When you're living Yoe life, you ain't got what you would have if you were living Zoe life. Now, you still got the same challenges, you still have the same you know, issues in life. But if you can mature in Christ, if you can grow, if you can let Christ be formed in you, it, it's not long till the things that used to cause you to stumble, you step right over those things because you're, you're living a different life. See, and what's wrong is that a lot of us in different areas, we just live the wrong life. We're like addicted to the wrong life. We think about stuff all the time that, man, that's not the issue. That's a sideshow distraction. And we end up with our mind captivated by stuff that nobody else but us cares about. And, you know, we spend our life and our effort and our resources and our energy trying to prove 
we're right and they're wrong. And, and that's, it's the wrong stuff. God came so that you could have the ability to demonstrate Satan's defeat on a daily basis. God's desire is that you live God life and that you, you experience what, I mean, really, truly what it is to be blessed of God. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you blessed. Look at Acts 3, 25 and 26. We're going to jump in here and, you know, I'm going to try really hard to stay on track. It's hard because some of this stuff's really cool to me. You are sons of the prophets. Go back and read it later but he, and read the whole chapter. But he said, you know, you're the sons of the prophets and the covenant which God made with our fathers. Saying to Abraham, in your seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. To you first, God, having raised up his servant, Jesus sent him to bless you. Think about that for just a minute. You, you're part of Abraham's seed. You're in covenant with God. And God even sent Jesus to bless you. You're in covenant with God. I said you're in covenant with God. You, you know, it, it's not just a contract. It's better than a contract. A contract is, is that agreement which is entered into by two or more individuals based upon mutual distrust. But a covenant is the agreement that's entered into by two or more individuals that's based upon a mutual commitment. I'm telling you, God's committed to you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to walk out on you. He's not going to turn his back on you. His love never fails, never gives up, never runs out. Oh, come on. We're not talking about the lyrics to a song. We're talking about the reality of God's love towards you. And the thing that you've got to realize is that, uh, you know, you, you've got to take that mind and get it captivated by the Word of God. And don't, don't allow the, the, you know, the belief systems that you had before Christ to dominate your life after Christ. It seems like now that we've come to Christ, we, we need to renew our mind to, to, to His Word and to His way of life. Because the enemy's trying to convince you, trying to get you to look at lack in your life. But you've got to realize that there is no lack in your life. You've got God in your life. You're not lacking anything. The Bible says that he's given you half given. King James says half given you all things that pertain unto God, godliness and life. Everything you need to succeed in life, you already got it. The enemy's trying to get you to look at things you're missing and, and get you to worry about issues that, you know, that's, it's the wrong life. You've got, you got you to get your confidence in God and realize, man, I'm in covenant with God. God is committed to me and He has blessed me. He has blessed me. The Lord hath been mindful of thee. Remember, it's last week's. The Lord hath been mindful of thee. He will bless you. Well, guess what? He did it. He has blessed you. You got to, you got to, you, you know, at some point, you got to decide that, you know, hey, the T-shirts are cool. The bumper stickers are neat. But I got to get beyond that. And I got to start living like a believer. Right? I'm blessed. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in the city. I'm above only and not beneath. I'm the headlight, not the taillight. Why? Because I've got a mark on my life from God. That no weapon formed against me can prosper. And every tongue that rises against me, I can condemn. Because this is the heritage of the children of the living God, saith the Lord. i got, I got God on my side. i I got, I got the guy who made everything. 
Well, you don't understand the stuff we're dealing with. You look in the wrong direction. You know, I'm not going to tell you you're not dealing with stuff. Of course you are. But you're looking in the wrong direction. You're looking at the stuff you're dealing with instead of the one who made the stuff. You know, you ain't got to worry about a piece of bread if your daddy owns the bakery. He's not walking out on you. He's going to bless you. Now, now, now the blessing, remember, there's power in the blessing, there's purpose in the blessing, there's position in the blessing, and there's principles of the blessing. And you've got you to wrap your brain around this, that you're not just blessed. So, the, the, you, you know, so it's not all about you. Somebody say amen. That's a good place to say amen right there. You don't know what's going on. Think, good Lord, where did we end up? Just say amen every now and then. You'll be all right. It's not, you know, God has a purpose and God has a plan. And, and, and you know, we read scriptures. Uh, we'll look at Proverbs 10.22. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Well, how come we ain't rich? You are. If you got the blessing on your life, the blessing of God on you. Listen, if you're in Christ, you're blessed. And the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. And he addeth no sorrow to it. He addeth no sorrow to it. In other words, you can't even work hard to increase it. You can't work hard to sustain it. You're not the guy that's sustaining it. It's that covenant with him that has it operating on your life. The word rich means to be, you know, to have abundant provision. You've got more than enough. You are positioned to win and succeed in any given situation in life. You have the ability to respond in any situation in a godlike fashion. Okay? You're created in His image and His likeness, given dominion. You, you are Christians. Little Christs. You know, well, well, wait a minute. I, I, you know, no, don't wait a minute. Live like you're blessed. Now, well, we have to walk in wisdom. And I, I just, like, you know, it's so crazy because you ain't never wanted to walk in wisdom before until now. Now, and, and, and we start talking about living the life of the blessed, and all of a sudden you, you got the wisdom. That's called fear, doubt, and unbelief. It, let me tell you what wisdom is. is believing God and doing what he said. Now, he, he's, he's going to position you because he has a plan for you. Right? And he sent Jesus to bless you. That word up there, you know, when we were reading that one in Acts, that word there is E-U-L-O-G-E-O. And it means, it, well, it literally says this, that God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to cause you to prosper. Come on. Come on. You need to prosper to accomplish God's will. You know, you just got to, you got to, you got to believe in the blessing. You got to believe that God wants you blessed. And guys, trust me, I'm not just talking about, oh, you're just going to have all this money and life's just going to be out. No, there's a purpose. There's a purpose. And when you live life God's way, I'm not guaranteeing you a Rolex and a Rolls Royce. Frankly, Scarlett, that that's, don't even matter. The, the, the deal is, though, is that no matter what situation you face in life, God wants you to demonstrate Satan's defeat. He wants you to be living advertisement of the goodness of God. And it's the goodness of God that brings repentance. 
is when people see how good God is to you. See, they know you. They know you're jacked up. They, they don't want to know God because they want to be like you. They don't like you. It's the God in you. Oh, come on, get real. It's the goodness of God. It's, I said it's, it's the goodness of God that draws to repent. It's, it's His goodness. And God wants you to be a living example of His goodness. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich it, you're, so that you're abundantly supplied, so that you can respond in a God-like fashion, so that your life is flourishing. Look at Psalms 92, 13, and 14. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Look at your neighbor and say, you're flourishing, baby. You know, why would God send Jesus to bless you? Well, because Jesus had a mission and you are connected to that mission and Jesus is going to build his church. And if you get planted in the house, you're going to flourish because of the blessing that's on your life. Why? Well, because the only hope for humanity is a church that realizes God's got a plan. And His plan to rescue suffering humanity is His church. And so, in order to position His church to do what's needed to reach the hurting, then we've got to be blessed. You know, you just can't feed millions of kids around the world if you can't afford to eat. I mean, really, it's not that hard, is it? You know, well, I just need enough. You're so selfish. You're so selfish when your mindset is, we just need enough. That's selfish because the guy who only has enough doesn't have enough to give to somebody who ain't got enough. You're thinking way too small. You're thinking, what, the love of God, it never runs out on me, but it doesn't give me enough to help anybody else. You can't allow yourself to compromise God's plan. And you know what's cool about God's plan is that God's plan says that in your, your, your weakness is made perfect in His strength. So, in other words, everywhere, everywhere that you have lack, His provision sucks that up. Let, let me just throw thoughts at you. If, if what you're focused on is your lack, then you have not recognized His provision. You're looking at you. You're looking the wrong way. See, He's got more than enough. He's more than enough God, right? I wish Todd was here tonight so I could make fun of him and we could talk about efficiency and, uh, uh, and, and the scripture, you know, that God is, is, is you know, is that he does exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. He, he's a more than enough God. Romans 12, 1 and 2, you remember those. It says, uh, you know, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove the will of God. So that you can prove the will of God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm supposed to prove the will of God. You know, uh, and God's plan is unity. He commands the blessing. Where there's, where there's unity, He commands the blessing. Unity is simply agreement. But I, I, want, I want us to go from Romans 12, 
1 and 2 into verse 3. And it says, For I say, though the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to be sober as God has dealt each one a measure of faith. Now, it, notice what it says there. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Look at your, look at your neighbor and say, don't think more highly of yourself than you should. You know, a lot of people, they, they, they totally miss this. That if you think that you can accomplish God's plan without the church, you're thinking pretty highly of yourself. And if you think the blessing that God's going to put on you is for you, you're thinking pretty highly of yourself. Because it ain't about you, but it's about God getting to you so he can flow through you. And he said, don't think more highly of yourself, but think soberly. Because God has given each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, that all the members do not have the same function. So we, we get that, right? You understand that? Look at your neighbor and say, mm-hmm. But, so we being many are one body in Christ. I love this next line. And individually members of one another. Members of one another. Members of one another. Here's the deal. Is that you need the guy sitting next to you to understand his blessing. To understand his power, and you need him to understand his need of you. See, we talk about it this way. We, we talk about being connected, be, being committed, being completed, and being compelling. And, and that, that, see, you, you get connected to the church, but it's when you get committed to the church that you can begin to complete the church, and a completed church is a compelling church. Right? But, but see, they're members of one another. I just, I just got to ask this question tonight, and I really want to get into this uh, quickly, so I'm going to ask the question and move on fast. I'm not afraid to wait for your answer, because I already know the answer, but I'm just asking the question to make you think, and I don't want to waste a whole lot of time here, so I better hurry up. Okay, but, you know, you look around tonight and you realize that we don't simply need, see, the need in the house isn't simply to add another Sunday service. Look around tonight. The need, really, we, we should have another Saturday service, too. Right. But uh, but we don't we don't wrap our brain around the, the reality that the body that we are members of one another. So I think a question you got to ask yourself, you know, where where's where's the flow of God at in your life? No, you know, where's the blessing? How do I get the How do I get the cash flow to increase the amount? No, you got to ask yourself, where am I serving the body? Because I got to do what he said so he can produce what he promised. See, and everybody wants to argue, well, it ain't working in my life. Well, that's because you're probably not doing what he said. And the fact is, is that your body, look at your neighbor and say, the body needs you. I'm just saying, you are the church. And, you know, it's not mine and yours and you and me. No, it's us. We are a team. We're a family. And the kingdom of God is built that way. You are the center of the church. And the strength of the church is sitting right here next to you. I have strength for all things. Okay, I'm getting off my nose. I have strength for all things. Philippians 4. I have strength for all things. Where is it? It's right here. G- give me five, six guys. Vince, help me. We get five guys and bring them up here. Have them stand right across here. And five, five guys. Six, it doesn't matter. Just get a bunch of guys. Ooh, there's a big one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Five men, six. 
One boy, five men. Okay, you got, you got, you got, you got I'm just, I don't know. I'm just going with it, okay? And, and you know, uh, these are just guys. They're just guys. It's, I mean, look at them. They're, they're cool. They got stuff going on. But I bet you, I bet you in, in every one of their lives that there's certain issues that they're, they're, they're dealing with individually that, that probably are fairly, you know, real and, and massive, you know, painful. Uh, and you look at him, and, and as an individual, I, I, I mean, look at Scott. He has glaring deficiencies. Just look at him. And, and on his own, you know, uh, but together. See, if you guys would lock arms. See, okay, unlock arms. C- come here, Scott. It, it, just stand right there. You, you, it's, it's not really embarrassing. It's just making a point. And, and you know... Uh, but the enemy, you know, the enemy can, can come up against you when you're on your own. And he can just mess with you. And just because you hang out, go ahead and sit back. And just because you hang out with a bunch of guys. See, if I'm the enemy, if I'm the devil, and I'm not. <laughs> clarify right now. But if I'm the enemy, and I know that every once in a while you hang out, then when you hang out, I leave you alone. But it's when you're alone that I come to get you. But if you ever lock arms again, lock shields, I can't get to you. Why? Because the blessing and the power that's on him is now on him, it's now on him, it's on him and it multiplies. And the strength, the strength of the body the, is the fact that, we, you know, we're, we ain't just friends. We're not just co-members. But we're a family. You know, and, and this is where our strength is at, is, is that when we lock up like this, and, you know, a lot of us, we're, we're totally missing out on the blessing of the Lord. Because it's the blessing of the Lord that's going to make you rich. And the blessing of the Lord begins to flow when you connect correctly. Give these guys a hand. See, I really want you to get, I really want you to, to, to have this thing, the seed planted in the soil of your heart. That God, God's plan for you, listen to me. If we went home, you've heard me say this before. If, if Shelby and I go home tonight and the house is burnt down, we're not going to spend more than a few minutes even hanging around there to talk about it. Because we already know that six months from now we'll be better off than we are now. And you know why? Because. We have strength for all things. I handle anything when I'm connected to the people that God's put in my life. But if I disconnect, if I go out on my own, Proverbs 18.1 says, He who willfully isolates himself from God or man, he's seeking his own desire. He's void of sound judgment. You know, you know where our strength comes from? You know where the confidence comes from? It comes from the fact that I know that I have people that no matter what happens, they're going to stand with me. They're not going to try to talk me out of my faith because those people, they get pushed off somewhere. Sorry. Well, I don't believe that. Then go, go not believe over there. You know, and, you know, I got to tell you something that it's not just something that we throw out if our house burnt down because it sounds cool. It's because we've been through there already. We've already had the house burned down. We've already been through the stuff. You know, and I'm telling you that when you're planted in the house of God, your life will flourish. And the blessing of the Lord is going to make you rich. 
You're going to have more than you need in every situation. And guys, sometimes it flows, you know, it, it, well, I'm looking for, I, I, need, I need gas. You know, who, who, who can say, hey man, you know, you know, I'd love a tub load of it, just cash. But what I need is the wisdom that flows from other men into my life. That, 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 you know, that when Vince looks at me and says, you, you, you stupid? You know, you, you can't do that, Tom. You can't spin like that. Put the credit, cut, it, cut the credit cards in half, son. You know, I need people in my life who can say, man, you're making, you're making crazy choices. Stop it, man. We, you know, we're going to drag you on into health and freedom and deliverance. Who, who have the ability to, to tell when, uh, you know, you didn't have chains, but how you picked them back up somewhere. You got some chains. You know, God's building his house. He's built his church, and you are in the middle, in the middle of God's plan. And when we win, it's when we're connected, when we're committed, when we're completing. That's when we win. And you want to talk about being rich. Man, if you could just jump, if you could, if, you know, if you could time travel somehow. Just get down the road about five years and look back and see the lives that are going to be rescued from the jaws of hell because men and women said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to make a commitment. And, and that commitment, see, that commitment's not just to each other. It's, it's part of the covenant that we're in with God. Remember, a covenant is a binding agreement entered into by two or more individuals based upon a mutual commitment. Our commitment is we're going to do what God says to do. You know, uh, in order for the blessing to really work, I do have some notes that might fit. You've you got to believe it, you've got to speak it, and you've got to respond. You reciprocate. That's what covenant's about. There's reciprocation. You've got to believe it, you've got to speak it, and, and you, you, you act like it. You act like it. I mean... Seriously, you know, getting, getting people to serve so that we can add multiple services, that's the least of our issues. fact of the matter is that, that just shouldn't be hard. You should just stop by the info center tonight and say, okay, where can I serve? As a matter of fact, for the next week or two, what you ought to ask everybody you see in halls, where do you serve? And if you're not serving, get saved. Oh, I felt that. I, I got six minutes left, and so I'll just pound that nail in. Can I just tell you something? Let me just tell you something. It, study the Bible. We, we're going to let the Bible define the Bible. Not, not my belief system. Not something you heard when you were growing up. Because I, I was in church my whole life. Okay? I grew up in the church. And you know what I found out later? Is that a lot of the stuff I heard in the church, it was nice. It just wasn't right. It wasn't necessarily gospel. It was just kind of neat. There are some things, you know, uh, and, and, you know, guys... You know what we want? You know what the leadership team's believing for? We're believing that your life would flourish. You, know, you get out of bed in the morning and hell would go, oh no, they're up again. Man, you know, that, that when, you, when, when you'd start heading into your day, that hell already knows it's going to be humiliation time because you're coming. And there's an anointing on your life, and there's power in your life, and there's agreement in your life. 
But if you get in here and you study this, you're going you're gonna to find out that the blessing of God, that what, what God, what, He's not trying to keep you busy. He's trying to keep you effective. And when we disconnect, you know, we get separated, we get isolated, we're out there on our own. You know, go on the internet and, and, and you can watch videos of, you know, lions chasing down water buffalo and eating them and stuff. And, and they separate them. You get out there on your own, you get separated, you're going to die. But if you're planted, transplanted in the house of God, your life begins to flourish. There's a blessing that comes there in, in, in agreement and in, in unity. There's a blessing that comes there that you can't produce anywhere else. And does it mean that, yeah, you know, wow, you're going you're gonna to serve 75 minutes, you know, twice a month somewhere? Yes. Does it mean you're, gonna, you're probably going to have to get financially committed? Yes. If, listen, if you're not tithing, if you're not serving, get saved. I do I just, want to, I just want to tell you that what God wants to do is so much bigger than us. Jeez, I've got like two minutes. Um, there's a reason we stop short. There's a reason that we stop short. I just want to give you the four keys. Just write these down and, and realize that next week I'm going to hammer real quick through these and I'm going to show you how, how to... How, I want you to be able to just reach up and uncork the blessing of God in your life. I want you to realize that the thing that is stopping the blessing in many of our lives, it's not the devil. The devil's defeated. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the evil one. If Jesus was successful in accomplishing his mission, then the devil's defeated. He's under our feet. How come a defeated devil's messing with your day? It's because you're looking the wrong direction. The blessing of God's going to flow and operate in your life. Listen, no sickness is coming nigh my dwelling. Every need I have is going to be met by God. Why? Well, because the blessing flows in my life. I'm just, I'm just happy to tell you tonight, I, I'm not bragging about Shelby and I. Shelby and I, we just Shelby and I. But the blessing of God on our life, I just thank God. For revelation and insight and the ability to understand that, you know what? Blessed is better than not blessed. You don't have to be a genius to get it. Now, I want you to be able to realize that there's those belief systems and those mindsets and there's some relationships that probably, you know, you know there's some stuff you're probably going to need to change. But, but God wants to bless you. And where that real fulfillment is going to come is when the blessing of the Lord can flow freely in your life. Wouldn't it be weird to find out that you were separated from God's ultimate plan and it was simply by, because you, you didn't want to serve in children's ministry? Or you, you, know, you, you, you were afraid to, to, you know, to trust God with your finances? Oh, come on. You're going to trust God with your eternity, but you're not going to trust Him with your 15 bucks? Four things, real quick, I've got to hurry. Four, four things that stop people short. Number one is they lose their frame of reference. So you just look the wrong thing. You're building your life on the wrong, on the wrong picture. You got the wrong, the, the wrong, uh, you, you know, illustration in front of you. The wrong words, and uh, it's it's the wrong frame of reference. Man, I want to preach this. Got to wait a week.
Wrong frame of reference. Number two, why people stop. They carry things that are designed to trip them. It's designed to trip you. It's built to trip you. But you're carrying it. I'll tell you a lot more about this next week, but listen to this. Uh, Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are encompassed by such a great host of witnesses, let us throw off every weight and the sin which so easily doth beset us and run the race with endurance, run with endurance the race that is set before us. You know, you know Marty, this week I'm, I'm studying this, and it says let us throw off every weight and the sin which so easily entangles us, besets us. And my whole life I've been taught and heard it preached and heard some great messages. That, matter of fact, I've, I've had illustrated sermons, you know, where, uh, you know, at youth church where, you know, you put the backpack on and you have the weights and they're all up in there and, and, and you know, and, they're, and they're, they're actually you tape the weights to your arms and, and, you know, and it's really cool if you get cinder blocks and you tie your feet to those and you're trying to move around and you got all this weight and, and you're pulling off the weights so that you can get free. You don't know, no chains on me. And we take, you know, pornography and that's a big old weight and we throw it out there and, and you know, uh, you know, Lying and stealing, and you know what I'm talking about, all those sins, and you get them out of your life, and you're free, and it's a great message. But I've never seen till this week, Marty, that it says that, uh, that you throw off every weight and the sin. We're so easily be such a, that not everything that's weighing you down is sin. Some of us great. It's just keeping you from the race you were called Dude, I want to preach this. Next week. Discipline is my friend. Discipline is my friend. Okay. Number three. You allow your focus to shift so you miss the goal. And number four. You lose sight of how close you really are to victory. Got to tell you this. In, in, in school, it wasn't great athlete. I didn't have time. You know, I, I got to sign up one time. I lived a different life than most people. I've, met, I've never really met anybody else, really, that was raised the way we were. And, you know, my dad would pick us up Fridays after school, and he, we'd get dropped off in time Monday for school, and we'd travel and all the time. And, and I remember one time I did get to sign up for baseball. I did not realize that I would not make one game. I'd just make all the practices. And, you know, once I realized that... It wasn't very fun. But uh, later on, you know, never a great athlete. I always wanted to. But I can remember uh, one, of the, one of the sports that uh, when we were actually staying home a little bit more, uh, one of the sports I got recruited for was wrestling. And I, I really enjoyed wrestling. And, and uh, wrestling was kind of cool because, you know, I've been this size my whole life. I was at my birth weight was a little over 200. And, um, <laughs> and <laughs> let's pray for my mom. Uh, but, you know, I've always been big, and they, need, they needed that guy on the team. And, and, and I can remember uh, one, one, it might be the first, maybe not, but one of the first victories I ever had, uh, you know, in wrestling, which really kind of made me, ooh, this is going to be fun, because I figured out I could win. And, uh, uh, but uh, in, in the match, you know, just to, because I'm totally out of time, in, in the match, you know, I was winning. I was way ahead, you know, getting points, takedowns, all this stuff. This guy was huge. I could not pin him. I couldn't pin him. But uh, I was so far point by him. I, I, I just figured out that, dude, I can just make hundreds of points. You know, I can all these takedowns, and then I let him up and take him down again, and let him up and take him down again. And, and, and then one time, it was in, in the third round, and, you know, 
dude, I'm getting tired, you know, because this, this, I mean, this guy's not, he's not big, he's huge. And I went to take him down, and he landed on me. And I'm under there, and the ref's looking for me, you know, and uh, uh, I'm serious, man. I'm talking huge, and uh, uh, and I'm down there, and, and I'm, you know, it's face against the mat, and it's oh god, and I, I couldn't breathe when I did. I hope, wish I couldn't, and it was bad, and. But I can remember, you know, kind of peeking out from underneath one of the flaps there of my opponent. And, and I remember my team. And see, what, what I hadn't thought of until that, until that moment was that, see, our, our wrestling team went for years and years, not any one individual, but as a team, we went for years undefeated. And at this particular match, my match counted. And I remember looking out from under there, Hoping it was over and that they were just still doing extrication. And, and I saw the, the whole rest of my team, you know, and they're standing there and they're looking at me and they're going, don't you quit. Because I'd won. He, he wasn't going to pin me because he couldn't find me either. And I, I can remember the guy screaming, you know, he only got 30 seconds. 30 seconds! And, and, and I'm just, oh my God, 30 seconds takes forever! And, and I can just remember that thought that 30 seconds from victory. And then there's 20, and everybody's screaming and shouting. And, and, but the point is, sometimes you don't realize how close you are to victory when you just up and quit. And I just want, I want to send you out of here tonight with, just with this one revelation. That you're so close to victory. You're so, don't you quit. Don't, don't you quit. Don't, don't you cave in. Don't you give up. Don't, don't, you, don't you back up because you don't like the way it's going. or It's, it's not what you expected. Or, or, or you know, it doesn't smell good. Just thinking of back there. You know, it's, it's, don't, don't, you, don't you quit now. You might not be getting the victory that you anticipated. But you, you are so close to victory. Don't, don't you quit. Don't you quit. The Lord has been mindful of thee. He's already blessed you. He's empowered you to win and succeed. Don't, don't you back down now. Amen? Close your book. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in us, what you're doing through us, what you're doing in spite of us. Father, thank you for calling us out of darkness and translating us into the marvelous light of your dear Son. Thank you for considering us worthy to be used by the Master's hand to fulfill the mission of Jesus. Lord, tonight I pray for the people who are in this room that, that their heart would be opened up, that they'd realize that there's, there's a blessing that's going to flow in their life, that they're, they're, they're not going under, they're not, they're not going to uh, you know, experience the failure and defeat, that you, you've called them to victory and that you want life to flow in them. God, open our eyes and you know, bring us back to, to our senses in the areas of life where we've allowed ourselves to separate from your plan, to chase after our own endeavor. Help us, Lord, to realize 
that our strength is seated around us. That we are part of that strength for others. Lord, I just, I give you glory and honor. I thank you for what we're going to see. What we've seen is so good, but Father, what we're going to see, you're great. You're a great God. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to ask you a question. Nobody's moving around right now. Nobody's looking around. Before we leave this place, we're all going to pray a prayer. We're going to pray it together. If you're here tonight, and you're living life, but it's your life, it's not God's life, it's your plan, it's not God's plan, it's your endeavor, it's not His purpose, I'm not asking you, have you ever prayed the sinner's prayer? That's not the issue. The issue is, are you on track with God for your life? If you're in this room tonight, please don't leave without responding to this next question. If that's you and it's your life and you're ready to surrender, you say, you know what? I want God's life. I want to pursue God's purpose and His plan and His endeavors I want this prayer to be personal. I want it to be my prayer. We're not going to call you out. We're not going to embarrass you. But if you're here tonight and that's you, I just want you to hold your hand up so I can see it. Say, Tom, that's me. Thank you, sir. You can put it down. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. It's awesome. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. You can put them down. Anybody else, just lift your hand and say, that's me. That's me. I'm doing this thing my way. But I want to do it God's way. I'm ready tonight. Thank you, ma'am. It's awesome. Thank you. It's so awesome. I want everybody in this place pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Change me from the inside out. Give me strength. Give me vision. Give me hope. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on.